This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallach. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast. Hello, everyone. Uh, We are here for a special edition of Bet and Breakfast leading up to the AFC and NFC Championship games today. I am Ian McMillan. I'm your host today. I'm joined by uh, Peter Dewey and a special guest, Matt Verderam, our NFL insider over at Fansided. Welcome, guys. Can you believe that there are only three football games left on the schedule? Uh, it sucks. I'm going to miss it. And then we have months and months and months where we just head into hibernation and bet on other sports as we get ready for next football season. But first things first, I want to bring up, uh, before we get into the games today, I got to talk about, of course, Tom Brady. His reign might finally be over, maybe. It was reported that he's retired. Now some reports are coming out um, that uh, that he might not be officially retired. I think he is. I just think he kind of wants to release it uh, himself in, in the coming weeks. Um, but I'm going to start with you, Matt. What are kind of like the uh, likely dominoes that are going to fall as, as a result of this? Could someone like Aaron Rodgers take over the spot in Tampa Bay? Uh, who's kind of going to be the best team in the NFC South now? What, what, uh, what do you think uh, as far as uh, this whole Tom Brady news? The Packers aren't trading him to Tampa Bay. So I, I, would, I would be floored if that happens. Like, is it Jameis Winston, the sequel there? Because he's a free agent. That'd be fun. And he's probably the best free agent available. Like, I think it's going to be something like that. It's either going to be Winston or Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, the draft's not chock full of guys who people think are first-round quarterbacks. Would they roll with a Kyle Trask who they drafted last year? I don't know. Look, the reality is if Brady's gone, they're done. But they're, they're, not, they're not just going to magically pick this thing up and, and ride to 12 wins next year. Now, the flip side of that is, to answer the second part of that question, the NFC South is an atrocity. That might If, if he's not there... That's the worst division in NFL history. Does any team win seven games? I, I, I would have to say the Falcons are the favorite because of the quarterback. Yes. But that, I mean, the Panthers started out 3-0 and won two games the rest of the year. The Saints are approximately $9 billion over the cap and don't have a head coach. And the or Buccaneers now really. – or Right, or a quarterback. And then you're going to have the Bucs, who have a lot of free agents, who are an older team – who have no quarterback. There's conflicting reports on whether or not Arians is going to come back if Brady retires. I would imagine Gronk retires if Brady's out. So you look at that division, and it's a race to what, seven wins? Yeah, Yeah. I think my Atlanta Falcons might be the favorites heading into next year, depending on kind of how the offseason shakes up. I mean, they could be. They could be. Peter, any thoughts on Tom Brady? Yeah, I just think it's like Matt said, they have a lot of free agents. Like Tom Brady leaves, like you're not bringing back Chris Godwin, most likely. Like you're not going to overpay for another receiver. Um, and you don't even have a quarterback. Like they're going to have so many holes on that roster. 
where they built this roster and they brought everybody back this year for Tom Brady because they're okay, let's make another run at this thing. You lose him and you put yourself in a spot where you kind of have to figure out, all right, are we going to tear this entire thing down? Which makes me wonder, like, if they do tear this whole thing down, do they get a look at Kyle Trask for a year since they're not going to have a good first-round pick this year? And you see, can he give you anything? And maybe you go into next year and try and draft a quarterback in the first round. But it's it's going to be really weird. I'm honestly shocked that uh, he's even going to retire. I thought they had that team built enough for him to maybe make more one more run at it. I always thought Tom Brady would go out on top. So very surprised by yesterday's news for sure. I always think it's a little, by the way, Gonzo the Beast chimes in RIP Bucks fan base 2020-2022. Uh, I always think it's weird when players make uh, this big of a decision so close to when they're eliminated from the playoffs because to play on a season like five, six months long, training camp all the way up to the playoffs, get eliminated in that close of a game, it's so heartbreaking that the thought of going back and going through all that again to get back to the playoffs seems like a tall task and kind of your immediate response is to retire. That happens in the UFC all the time. Fighters retire five times before they actually retire. So I'll be interested to see if Tom Brady does kind of stick to it uh, as the offseason progresses. But uh, certainly as a Falcons fan and as a guy who uh, my very first football game ever watched was the Tom Brady's first Super Bowl, he's dominated the NFL the entire time I've been an NFL fan, literally from the start of his career till now. So I'm happy to see him uh, finally go. Uh, let's get into, uh, today's games here really quick. Um, but I do want to, uh, let you guys know all the viewers that Arrowhead Attic will be, um, going live, uh, heading into, uh, the AFC championship game starting at 2 PM Eastern at the top of the hour, Matt, you'll be joining them as well. So, uh, yep. uh after the show's over, go have a snack, maybe a quick little coffee, maybe a quick little nap, uh, and then head over and check that out. But let's get into that AFC championship game. Uh, as far as the betting lines go, we actually saw the line move up to seven and a half in favor of the Chiefs early this morning. It's now back to seven. Uh, my big question, and this is one that's uh, on a lot of people's mind, uh, what went wrong with the Chiefs against the Bengals last time they played, Matt? Because that wasn't that long ago, and the Bengals won the game outright. They ended up clinching the AFC North with that win. Uh, what went wrong in that game? What do the Chiefs need to do to be able to win this game and potentially cover as seven-point favorites? Yeah, I mean, how much time do you have? Because yeah, right. they, they – they did everything imaginable to lose that football game. They took 10 penalties. They didn't have turnovers. Mahomes actually threw two balls right at guys in the Bengals, and they dropped both of them. Now, one ended up being inconsequential. The Bengals got the ball the next play because the Chiefs punted. But, um, well, it was a lot of things. The Chiefs, I would say it was their worst tackling exhibition since the beginning of the year when they couldn't stop anybody. They took horrible angles. They blew coverages. Um, they blitzed relentlessly when they didn't have to blitz. They had four sacks of Burrow in that game. All four of them came when they didn't blitz. They did not have to blitz, and they kept doing it. Um, if you watch that game, you remember the play of the game was a third and 27 late in the game when the Chiefs brought seven guys on a blitz and singled up Jamar Chase. It was just – it was crazy. Um, I'd also say in that game it was weird. I mean, the Chiefs scored 28 points in the first half of the game. And then out of nowhere, uh, the Chiefs at the very end of the half, they get a kickoff return for a touchdown. It gets called back on a penalty. And then they dropped what would have been a 70-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. And then that was it. The offense only got three drives in the second half. Uh, they only scored three points. Both drives were short-circuited. They didn't score points by penalties, where they took themselves out of scoring range. Um, it, it was it was a mess by Kansas. I mean, just all the way around. They did not execute outside of four early drives offensively. They were, everything else was was uh, was bungled up. 
Yeah, and so one of the things you talk about, about how they, they blitzed so much in that last game, yep. and we saw a lot how Burrow was really good outside the numbers in that game, a lot of it being in single coverage to Jamar Chase. Obviously, Jamar Chase had his best game of the year, 266 yards, three touchdowns. Is there a way for the Chiefs to kind of maybe not take him completely out of the game, but limit him in this game and try and make T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Tiju Zama be the guys who beat them in this matchup? Well, I, I think they have to. I mean, that that I think is number one, two, and three on the priority sheet this week. Like They should be able to get home with four guys. The Bengals have not blocked anybody at all all season. Burrow's the most sacked quarterback in the league. He's not overly mobile. Um, he, I think he has 118 rushing yards for the whole year, so you know where he's going to be. Uh, I think I think in this game, you're going to see the Chiefs do what they did against Stephon Diggs. They're just going to bracket him and say, look, you're not beating us. I mean, Diggs in that game had three catches for seven yards. Now, the flip side of that is Gabriel Davis went out of his mind for 208 and four touchdowns. If you go and look at that Gabriel Davis catch chart, every pass that was down the field, every single one of them was down the middle of the field. And that's where Tyron Matthew wasn't. Uh, he'll be in this game. I would expect the Chiefs to basically say, look, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us with Joe Mixon running the ball and, and with Uzama and Higgins and Boyd beating them one-on-one. Um, I, I would be shocked if Kansas City singles up Chase in this game. And if they do, they deserve to lose. Like, I, I can't imagine after watching that exhibition that they're just going to go, okay, Traverius Ward, it's on you, bud, one-on-one. I, I think they will double him, and they will they will rely on the front four led by Jones and Ingram and Clark to, to create some havoc. Yeah, on that point, actually my favorite uh, prop bet, and I gave this out on Friday or Thursday's episode of Bet and Breakfast, was the over uh, 72 and a half receiving yards, which is what the number's at right now, win bet for T. Higgins. Because uh, yeah, I assume if, if they do if they do lock down Jamar Chase, I mean that is going to open things up for someone, and I hope that someone uh, is T Higgins. So that's my favorite uh, prop play: seventy-two and a half yards. I think he hits that over, especially if they lock down Jamar Chase. Uh, so Matt, you did kind of answer this question, but um, as far as on the Chiefs offensively too, is there is there a player on either side that you kind of expect to have a big game today, or maybe needs to have a big game uh, uh, for the Chiefs to succeed, both offensively and defensively? Offensively, I mean, look, the one guy who didn't play in that Cincinnati game, in fact, there were two guys, but one in particular, McKinnon and Edwards Alaire did not play in that game. They were both hurt. So Daryl right. Williams played. Now, Williams hasn't played in the playoffs. He's had a bum toe. They they think he might be back for this game, but I don't think he's going to get a lot of the carries anyway. I think it's going to be Jared McKinnon. And McKinnon has been a revelation for them in the playoffs. He's by far the fastest back they have. He's been catching the ball like crazy. He's been a major threat for them that they did not have through – Really, all the regular season. I mean, McKinnon really did nothing. He was hurt or he was sidelined because he was just buried on the depth chart. So I think you're going to see Jarek McKinnon in this game. I think they'll utilize him consistently and effectively. The other thing is, look, the Bengals held down Hill and Kelsey in their first matchup. I'm sure Andy Reid will be scheming to try to figure out ways to get them open. Look, I think the other guy to watch, McCole Hardman has played well down the stretch for Kansas City. He had his first 100-yard game receiving-wise against Denver Week 18. Against the Steelers, he had some big catches. Last week against, against Buffalo, he had a jet sweep for a touchdown. He also had a big catch in overtime that drove him down the field. They've gotten him more involved. I think in the past, the Chiefs would have been terrified if Kelsey and Hill were, were kind of mitigated. I don't feel that way now. I think the Chiefs are fine with it, and they're just going to bleed you to death with everybody else. I, I, the Chiefs at this point are more well-balanced than they've been at any point this season. One of the things I wonder, Matt, in this game is we've seen the total in this game really climb from 51 yep. to 54 now. 
And obviously the first matchup was extremely high scoring, but we talk about how both these teams, they've got to look at each other. They know what they kind of have to do to slow down these two offenses, what they have to change. Is there a way that you would go on the total or any of your thoughts on, will this be a high scoring game or not? Um, Cause like you said, the Bengals might, their best bet might be, Chiefs might just say beat us with Joe Mixon if they run the ball a lot is that a little bit of a, a takeaway stay away from the over in this game uh, no I look I like the over um I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot in this football game they're at home and Mahomes has just been on an all-time heater even by his standards like he's just since he threw that pick to Watt at the beginning of the wild card game I feel like he's I don't know what the exact numbers are. he's got to be completing clip like an 80 percent clip he just never misses a throw and a lot of these, you know, the Buffalo game, he really didn't go over the top. In fact, he never attempted a pass over 20 yards in the air. They just run after the catch. The Steelers game, they tried to mix in some one high safety looks, and the Chiefs just destroyed them. Every time they did it, they went down the field. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to get in the high 30s in this football game. I do. And I, and, and I think the Bengals, I think they at least get into the 20s. I mean, I, I think maybe they even get into the low 30s. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points. The quarterbacks are too good. The weapons are too good. I think it's something like, you know, I think I picked the game to be 38-27, some, somewhere in that in that range. And I, so I think I'll hit the over pretty easily. So does that mean uh, are the Chiefs going to win, uh, cover the spread, win by more than seven? That's such a tricky spread right at that magic number of seven, isn't it? Uh, do you, can, it is. With your exact score prediction, sounds like you think they can cover. I think they're going to cover. I do. I, I think this game's going to be close for a while, and then eventually Kansas City's going to start to to pull away. Look, that Bengals game in Week 17, I give the Bengals a lot of credit. Like, they were not expected to win. They were the underdog at home in that game, and they played perfectly. Burrow went for 446. Chase went for 266 and three scores. They barely took a penalty in the game. They didn't turn the ball over. Um, they they executed. They had, they had five plays over 30 yards in that game and two over 65 yards. I mean, they they just got chunk play after chunk play. I think it actually hurts the Bengals that they played Kansas City three weeks ago because Kansas City now is going to say, okay, well, we now know how you want to play, what you want to do. Um, I just think this is a really hard spot for Cincinnati. Like the games at Arrowhead, the Chiefs have been here a million times. It's not going to be anything they're concerned with. I think the Bengals keep it close, but I think ultimately the Chiefs make them drive 10, 12 plays. And with that offensive line, it's hard to avoid a negative play whether it be a penalty or a turnover or a sack um, or even just a throwaway, you know, where maybe there's a guy open downfield, but you don't have time to get it to him. So I think it's close. And then as the second half goes, I think the Chiefs just kind of start to lengthen and win by, you know, a couple scores. Gonzo the Beast chimed in. He agrees with you. Uh, Chiefs pulling away with the game early third quarter, I believe. So, yeah, uh, I'm on the Bengals to cover. I think they are going to keep it close. Uh, with the with the with the total, I think a lot of people are trying to overthink it, and I do see some people on the under. But sometimes I think the obvious bet is the right bet to make, uh, and I would not want to be betting on the under and then having this game be like uh, already hitting the over halfway through the third quarter. I would feel like an idiot. Uh, Peter, really quick before I move on to the NFC Championship, give me uh, what what are your thoughts on the spreader total in this one, Peter? Yeah, you and I are both on the same side. I think the Bengals keep it within seven. I wish I had waited to get it at seven and a half this morning uh, just to get that extra yeah. half point would have been nice. But um, I think they can keep it close. I don't think um, I don't think they're, they're going to their offense will allow them to get blown out by, you know, a huge margin. It being a playoff game, I think they'll be able to, to hang around. But I, I agree with you on the total. I've been back and forth between over under. I just think 
I would be kicking myself after watching what Mahomes did last week and what Burrow has done to end this season if I took the under and that's like, oh, it's 35-35 with five minutes to play. It's like, yep, that's what everybody thought, you know? So it makes sense to, to stay on the over. Okay, let's transition over to the NFC Championship game. 49ers playing the Rams. Rams are currently three and a half point favorites at win bet. Uh, the total has moved down a little bit, 45 and a half. Uh, obviously, the big storyline coming into this game uh, is Kyle Shanahan's success against Sean McVay's Rams. Won six straight against McVay, seven and three lifetime against him. Matt, I'm going to throw this to you. What has been the advantage for Kyle Shanahan, and how much do you kind of value the history between these two coaches heading into today's game? I value it a lot. When you beat somebody's rear end six times in a row, it matters. And they've, they've not only beaten them, they've hammered them in a lot of those games. Like last year, they went into L.A. with Nick Mullins and won the game. So this is a scheme right. thing. This isn't a talent thing. This is a scheme thing, which would scare the hell out of me if I'm the Rams. Like Now, the Niners are beat up. Trent Williams being out, or if he is out, scares the hell out of me. Obviously, right now, they don't know. He hasn't practiced all week. He's questionable. The Niners are just more physical up front than the Rams. Like that that's really been the case. I know that's not the greatest like in-depth analysis, but if you watch the games, that, the, the Niners just blow them off the football. They run the ball down their throats, and Stafford gets under pressure. He's thrown multiple picks in both games against the Rams this year. It just hasn't been a good matchup. And this game, even though it's in Los Angeles, this is going to feel like a home game for the Niners. I mean, it's going to feel like Candlestick South. There, there have been reports that seventy-five percent of these tickets have been sold to Niners fans. It's insane. So, look, I. The Niners have just out-physicaled the Rams, and the Rams like to play that game where they'll, you know, five-step drop, hold on to the ball, take a hit. That, that's hard to do against the 49ers. Yeah, this this one's an interesting one for me, and I, I know me, you and I are on the same side in this one. But I just – that the Ram the, – the 49ers and Jimmy G is is kind of where I'm like – I'm very concerned. So my, my big question for you, Matt, is – who do you think can change this game? Obviously, we know the quarterback play is going to matter a lot, but which player do you think on either side is going to have the biggest impact, kind of change this game, make this make this what you think the final will end up being? If the Rams win, I, I think it's got to be – I'm kind of copping out, I guess, but their offensive line, they, they've got to block in this game. This cannot be one of these things where Stafford's under a ton of pressure because we all know how that ends. That ends with the ball in somebody's hands on, on, on the other side. Like It cannot be a game where he's getting hit and harassed They've got to win against Bosa. They've got to win against Armstead up front. Um, if they do that by keeping guys in, fine. I think if they give time, they'll be just fine because Cup and Beckham are going to torch the Niners' corners. I, I don't see them being able to hang. But if they can't get time, everything goes out the window. All, you know That's a great equalizer in this game. So on the flip side, I'll give you a real deep sleeper for this game with the Niners. Kyle Juszczyk. He... Is an X factor because he's the, he's a one fullback. He can run routes. He can catch the ball. He's a hell of a blocker. Uh, if if Trent Williams plays, but he's not 100, I wouldn't be surprised if you use use check a lot to help with the double out there to kick out a guy like Miller or Floyd. Um, he's a guy that I could see him playing a big role if they win the game. Shout out Kyle Uzcheck, one of the last true fullbacks uh, in the NFL. You don't see you don't see many Kyle Uzcheks out there anymore. Um, the Rams have already blown a 17-point lead there in Week 18 against the 49ers. Matt, they blew a lead last week, um, but more specifically about that Week 18 game. Do you think the final result, 49ers being able to come back and get the win, is that going to help the 49ers this game, or do the are the Rams going to kind of have the confidence that they, they know they can get up big on this team, but now they just need to be able to hold that lead? How do you think kind of that Week 8 matchup is going to affect today's game? I mean, 
hell, you beat them six times in a row. If you're the yeah. Niners, you, you got to be confident as all get out going into that game. You, you beat them every time you play them, right? It's like you play your little brother in basketball out in the street. Like you, you, if you beat his rear end every game, you feel pretty good. If it's the seventh time, right? I mean, now, I, I don't always think – like sometimes if this is just a one-off deal where – you know, kind of like we just talked about the Bengals and the Chiefs. Maybe you'd say, well, you'll learn from it. Whatever. They beat them every time they play them. I mean, every time. Now, again, all that being said – I am worried about the Niners from a health perspective. How healthy are they? Garoppolo's beat up. Williams is beat up. Samuel's gotten beat up in the playoffs. You know, Warner and Bosa have gotten beat up in the playoffs. Like, this is – it's a lot. It's a lot. And I do think the Rams are the more talented team with the better quarterback. But they have had scheme issues against them. And so I, I think the health thing is huge for San Francisco. But I think the, the Niners are going to go in confident. It's well they should. Are you so? Are you saying you're willing to take them on the money line as underdogs, or are you going to take the three and a half points? Because so it sounds like the, yeah, you're you're on the 49ers. I'm going to take the three and a half points. If if I knew Trent Williams was 100, percent I would take the Niners to win the game outright. I picked the Rams 23-20 because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. But if Williams comes out and he plays and he plays like Trent Williams, I think they're going to beat him. But they, they just they own him. They just physically maul them up front, um, and it's going to feel like they're playing in San Francisco. I mean, the Rams have been practicing with crowd noise all week. So I, I certainly that's, like the three and crazy. a half. It's insane. It's insane. I I think the Niners at three and a half is the play for me, and I, that's how I'd go. Uh, Peter, what are your thoughts on the game? What's what's your pick? Yeah, I'm I'm on the Rams three and a half, although Matt is kind of making me want to lean the other way. But I'm, I'm on the Rams. I'm, I'll play the three and a half of them. I just think at some point – Jimmy Garoppolo being Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come back to bite the 49ers. Like they, if they need to score points in this game, like if the Rams are able to score early, like they did against the Bucks, like they did against the Cardinals. I just don't know how the 49ers get back in the game. Like we saw last week, it took a blocked punt and Aaron Rodgers being horrible for the 49ers to win that game. Like it, everything had to go right for them to win that game um, on the defensive side of the ball. I just think if you have a couple times where they, aren't able to get a stop or they give up three points in a spot where it looked like they were going to get like a three and out um, or a, a, a stop in their territory. Like there, there's going to be a spot. I feel like where it's going to come down to Jimmy G has to make a play, has to make a throw. I just don't know if he can, especially with him being banged up. I, I just think the Rams have the better team because they have the better quarterback. That's the way I'm looking at it. Now we are going to move on to best bets for today here in a moment, but really quick, I do, Matt, want to get your thoughts on the total because it's moved down. What was it? 46 and a half. I believe it's down to 45 and a half now a little bit. Uh, so people seem to be betting the under, at least the sharps are and, and they're causing uh, uh, the total to kind of drop a little bit. Do you have any thoughts on how high scoring of a game this will be? Are we going to see a defensive battle or. I wouldn't go near it, but I think the under, yeah. I, I guess I think like 23 to 20 um, because Garoppolo he looked he looked like a mummy playing against the Packers. He couldn't throw the ball for a foot, and somehow the Packers still lost that game. But then on the flip side, Stafford just scares the hell out of me. Like, I know he's played well in these playoff games. I get it. You kind of almost always feel though like it's coming, right? Like at some point, he's just going to wail a ball at a safety, and you're like, and it's going to short circuit a drive. I like the under, but I th- I think it's I really I love the over in the first game. The under. I, I think is the play, but I think it's I think the line's about right. Yeah, I think I would kind of lean towards the over in that one too. I think people are underestimating how strong the 49ers offense is. Third in the NFL in yards per play heading into this game, but uh, that's certainly this whole game is a tough one in my opinion. But I'm going to get to my actual pick here in a little bit because we are going to get to 
best bets for today. First game, second game, player prop spread, total money line. Anyway, you you, uh, you guys want to go. I want to hear best bets right before we get into it. So just a reminder to everyone who's listening, be sure to check out Arrowhead Addict, uh, our Chiefs portion of Fanside going live uh, on Twitter and YouTube, I believe, at 2 p.m. Eastern leading up to uh, the big AFC championship game. So be sure to check that out. Like I said earlier, after this stream is over here in a few minutes, grab a snack, maybe a quick nap, and then uh, check out the Arrowhead Addict uh, stream. So let's get into best bets for today. Peter, I'm actually going to throw to you first here and change up the order here. Your number one best bet for today. Let's hear it. Yeah, I've been, been on it all week. Bengals plus seven. Um, I just think, like I said before, they're, I think they have the offense to keep this game close. They're five and one against the spread as a road dog this year. They're one of the better run defenses in the NFL this year in terms of yards allowed and yards per carry. I think the question is really going to be, can they block the Chiefs? We saw last week, obviously, Joe Burrow took nine sacks. That can't happen. You have to be able to at least give Joe Burrow some time to throw the ball. But I, I, as good as the Chiefs have been, their defense last week scared me a little bit. I think the Bengals have the weapons to keep this close. It's probably going to be a high-scoring game, but uh, give me the Bengals plus seven. I think they cover on the road. All right, Matt, what do you got? I'll do a teaser. I think the, I would take the Chiefs, tease them down to one, tease the Niners up to nine and a half. I, I think that's that's what I'm looking at. Like I, I just can't see the Chiefs losing this game. It's nothing against Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's good. I think they're going to be around for a long time. I mean, the, the Chiefs basically saw saw their death on Sunday night with 13 seconds left and somehow didn't even have to kick a 50-yard field goal to tie the game. And then just immediately went down. I mean, they had 550 yards of offense because they're number one defense in football. Yeah. Uh, I just – I don't think they're losing. And I think the Niners – they could win, they could lose. That game to me is more of a toss-up, but – if I can tease it to nine and a half points, I feel pretty good it's going to stay within a 10-point game. Shout out Ben Heisler, who, uh, of course, was supposed to host today. He's feeling a little under the weather, so I took over his hosting duties here uh, because that was his best bet as well, Matt. He, he yeah. liked the teaser. I, I think that's a very strong teaser as well. I'm actually on the Bengals to cover, but if you can tease it down to minus one, I mean, I think the Chiefs do kind of win this game just kind of based on experience as well. This is brand-new territory for Bengals uh, for basically everyone in the Bengals. So two-way teaser, Ben and Matt's best bet. Chiefs down to minus 149ers, up to plus nine and a half. Uh, my best bet before we wrap things up, uh, Matt, I'm going against you in the, in the Rams 49ers game. I am going to take the Rams to win and cover in this one. I think they are just the more complete team from, from, uh, from top to bottom. If – they don't turn the ball over. Obviously, that's a huge if with Matt oh, that, Stafford. That's the if that costs you money. <laughs> and it could. And it could. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and you mentioned it. Both games against the 49ers, the Rams lost earlier this year. Matt Stafford threw two picks in each of them. They turned the ball over four times last week. Still managed to beat the Buccaneers, although that, <laughs> that, got, uh, that got pretty sketchy there near the end. Um, but yeah, I'm on, and also Rams. I know the 49ers did have some success on the ground or some decent success on the ground against the Rams, uh, earlier in the season, but Rams defense still does rank fifth in opponent yards per play. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of trust the long full season numbers. If they can shut down the 49ers run game, by the way, the 49ers did not run the ball well last week against Packers, the Packers who had one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I don't know if it was the weather. I don't know what was going on there, but the 49ers need to step up the run game. Uh, if they if they want to beat the Rams today. So I'm going to take the Rams minus three and a half uh, for my best bet. So there you guys have it. There is our show. Uh, enjoy, enjoy today's football action. Like I said at the top of the show, only three games left. 
and we have to go into hibernation until next year. So uh, be sure to check out Arrowhead Attic Stream going live at the top of the hour. And also Bet and Breakfast will be back 9.30 a.m. Eastern uh, this coming Monday. Thank you all for tuning in. Best of luck with your bets and enjoy the action.